say that tonight. Amen. That's why we're here, is to experience the presence of the Lord again amongst believers of like precious faith. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord. Lord, we think of all that you've done for us. Lord, the many trials that you brought us through. 
Lord, roads that we've been down, we felt we were walking alone, but you guided us every step of the way. And Lord, tonight you've led our paths to this house we've dedicated to you. Lord, and it's not just some happenstance that we're here, Father. But Lord, this predestined moment, we want to give you everything we have. Lord, we want to open up our hearts to receive of your word again, Lord. Open up our hands to worship you freely, Father. Lift up our feeble bones, Lord, to give you praise. Lord, we pray you'll feel welcome to move amongst us, Lord. Lord, that you'll speak to every heart tonight, Father. Lord, speak to my knees. Speak to these knees, Lord, that are lifting their hands to you, Father. Lord, maybe a loved one or a personal problem or, Lord, maybe just a hand lifted to say, Father, I want to tell you I love you. Lord, whatever it is tonight, we're amazed by your presence, Father. Lord, we're here to tell you, Lord, that we give our praise to you, Father. Lord, be with the ministry of the word. Be with the songs that are sung, Lord. Lord, I pray you'll be with the tithes and the offering, Father. Lord, there's no written request here tonight. But, Lord, we think of each one that couldn't be here, Father. Some of our elderly that couldn't make it tonight, Lord. Those that are sick in body. Others, Lord, that have strayed away for some time. Lord, but we pray you'll go down their path tonight. You'll draw the sinner back to you, Father. The wayward son, may they come running to you, Father, we pray. We commit them into your hands. We lay them at the altar, Father. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight's a special night. Amen. We have a great time in store. Amen. As we go ahead and take up the offering, let's sing that song. Let's start out key of F. Every praise is to our God. Amen. Every praise is to our God. Every
He's been our healer. Amen. Amen. Man, we have a uh, healing here in the church. Sister Alana, for a long time when she was sick, I would ask if she could sing a special, and she used to say she couldn't because of her cough and her congestion, and so it's been a very long time. But tonight we're going to ask Sister Alana to come bring us a special. Why don't you give the Lord another hand clap of praise for all that he's done. Amen. And she, is, she and Brother David come tonight. We can just say praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He's been my Savior. He's been my healer. He's been my deliverer. Amen. Amen. He gives us the air we breathe. Amen, and we're thankful for all he's done in the Butts family's life and the impact that they've had on this church and the congregations around the world. Got a lot to be thankful for.
leave it in your hands. can say is how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Oh, the splendor
man, is he great? He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, we're so thankful we can have so much confidence in you, Lord, knowing with a surety that your word never fails. Lord, it accomplishes that what is sent to do. Lord, today, Father, we ask that you would just help us, Lord, as we would take these things, Lord, and it's on our heart. Speak them. If there be anything, Lord, that we would want to be right, Father, we ask you just let your forgiveness flow through this place, Lord. Not just forgiveness between me and you, but forgiveness for each other. Lord, just let your blood just flow through this place, I pray. Lord, we ask for every heart, every life, Father. So thankful to see, Lord, what you're doing among us, Lord, and what you're moving, how you're moving, Father. So it's just speechless sometimes. You don't have the words to say or what to say, but, Lord, you're marvelous. You're wonderful, Father, and we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, and thank you, Father, for honoring your word and bringing it to pass in our midst, Lord. And we believe you, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians 6. Amen. In verse 10. My. There's no greater place to put things than in the hand of Jesus. Amen. He's the bearer of our burdens. He's more than able. Yea, more than able. Amen. Ephesians 6 and verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. God bless you this evening. You can be seated. I just want to look at this verse 18 this evening for a moment and speak to you on prayer and perseverance. Prayer and perseverance. Also, another word that stands out in this scripture is praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. The supplication is a seeking. It is an asking. It is an entreating to God. It's not just a one-time affair or just going one time. It's an it's a, a action that's, that just don't one time and stop. It's, it's, it's on and on and on. It's a seeking. It's an asking. It's an entreating to God. And and, and, and Brother Branham talks about prayer in many places, in one place or a couple of places he calls it the, the greatest or most powerful weapon that was ever put in the control of human beings. He said prayer is the key. He said it's the answer. Prayer changes things. 
Prayer is the most powerful weapon that was ever put in control of a human being. He said there's no atomic bomb, there's no hydrogen bomb as powerful as prayer. Prayer will change the mind of God. That's how powerful prayer was. He said, did you know that it did it one time? And, and also, let's look in the, also in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. You can be turning there, but many times we, we've been given this weapon. You know, and a weapon is only as good as it's when it's used. You can have the most powerful weapon in the world laying on a shelf or the most powerful bomb in a, in a hangar somewhere, but if you don't put it into action, if you don't put it to asking or to entreating or to seeking God, it's, it's powerless. It loses all of its power, but once it's placed into action, when the Word of God is placed upon your lips and you begin to remind God of His promises and you begin to remind God of what He's done in the, in the past and what He's done now among us and what He's doing, amen, you begin to tell God these things and begin to speak to Him about it and begin to remind Him of, of its healing you need, you remind Him of the promises that lay in there of, of healing. There's so many. Or whatever it is, you begin to remind God that prayer becomes something very powerful. That prayer begins to go through the uh, atmospheres and to, through the dimensions. It begins to pierce through the darkest of places into the, into the uh, halls of Satan where Satan has, a, has bound something there, bound the promises of God. And that prayer begins to challenge Satan. And Satan sees it. And not only is it a prayer that's prayed, there's something behind that prayer that backs up that prayer. Amen. There's a spirit that goes behind the words that are spoken and that prayer is released. Amen. I've seen, we, we, we've seen prayer that was released at an altar and it goes into a dark place, into a little room where a boy is laying upon a bed and prayer begins to fall upon him. It, it, what was it? The Spirit of God went with that prayer and began to quicken something, amen, in, in our brother's heart. And, and it began to move through the darkness of his heart and began to quicken something on the inside. Maybe that's why you're here tonight, because somebody prayed for you. Maybe that's why something is stirring in your heart, because somebody has been praying for you. Maybe you had not seen anything really change, but prayer is changing things. Prayer is moving things. Prayer is moving atmospheres. It, prayer changes atmospheres. Prayer changes things when you can't even be there. Prayer can change it. Amen. So we know how powerful prayer can be. And we want to look at Luke 18 and verse 1. He said, he spake to a parable, a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always to pray, ought always to pray, and not to faint. So right here we see prayer and we see perseverance. We see these go hand in hand. There's prayer, but there's also a perseverance to hold on until that prayer is answered. Amen. We could read Daniel as he prayed, and it was some 21 days that it seemed like nothing was happening, nothing was going on, circumstances hadn't changed, the atmosphere hadn't changed, nothing was happening, but God heard his prayer the first time. And God was on the move, amen? God was moving, and, and we know the answer is the angel came to him. He said, we heard your prayer on the first day, but I was withstood, and I've been fighting against the prince of the of this city, of the, of the atmospheres of the city to get to you. But God heard him the first time. Amen. And don't, and don't you know the evil age, what kind of atmospheres are here? And sometimes it takes a moment. Sometimes it takes a little time for a prayer to come back to you, but it's on the way. Amen. Things are happening whether you see it or not, whether you know it or not. If you'll stand there and believe, amen, that prayer can reach back to where you sent it from. 
Amen. So he said that men ought to pray and not to faint, saying, There was a city and a judge, a city, in a city, a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me and my adversaries. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continuing coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Now, I think that's amazing, a paradox that he, re, he actually typed himself as an unjust judge or as someone that was there as he's bringing this parable to place. But what he's saying here is, listen, you have to keep coming. You have to stand there with perseverance. You can't faint. You can't ask and say, well, it didn't happen in the first little bit or the first prayer. I went through a prayer line. Nothing happened. You have to have perseverance. You have to have something or some guts on the inside of you that will hold on, that no matter if no atmosphere has changed, nothing has seemingly happened. Maybe your son's out there and nothing's seemingly going on, but you sent a prayer. And you know that prayer, that word that was sent is the word of God. Amen. It's not your word, it's his word. It's his word that said they shall be there and their offspring with them. It's his word that the promise is unto you and your children. So you send that word, and that word goes and begins to cut through all kind of darkness. It begins to cut through all kind. It's withstood. It's, it's held up, but it's still pushing forward. And until it hits the mark. Amen. He says, he says hear what the unjust judge says, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him? Though he bear along with him, I tell you that he will avenge him speedily. Nonetheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find somebody still holding on? Amen. And has prayed for the coming of the Lord and, and is expecting the coming of the Lord. Will he find somebody that is still there? Perseverance is a wonderful character about something, somebody. Perseverance will overcome many times physical problems or uh, disabilities. Perseverance will overcome mental cap uh, uh, problems or disabilities if somebody really has some perseverance. I've seen people that had some incredible difficulties in life as far as physically speaking could do more than somebody with two legs and two feet and two feet and two arms and two hands had more about them because there was a drive on the inside of them there was some perseverance there there was some holding power there was some staying power to see the course amen i believe that the bride of christ has that holding power Amen. There's some staying power that when they go through the trial, it's not just washed off here and washed off there, but there's something holding them. They got a goal in mind, and they're going to push all the way to the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. There's, sure, they're going to face obstacles. I love how Brother Tim put it, put it Sunday about resistance. You're going to face those things. They're going to be there, but it's only to make you stronger. Amen. The sickness that you're facing is only to increase your faith to believe God will heal you. Amen. The trouble in your home is only to increase your faith that God will answer my prayer. 
But there has to be somebody with some holding, some stuff, some staying power. That they're not up and down and down this up and down and wishy-washy, but something on the inside of them has grabbed a hold of a promise. And they're bringing it before the throne day and night. You know, Brother Branham tells in Perseverance, he tells about a man who had a dream, and the devil came before him and said, boo. He said, he got smaller, and he jumped back, and he got smaller, and the devil got bigger. First thing you know, boo, and I'd jump back, and he'd get bigger. Boo, I'd jump back, he'd get bigger, I'd get smaller. And he got bigger than I was and said, "I, I knew I had to fight him at some point. He said, I didn't find nothing around me, so I reached back, and he says, I went back, my hands fell upon a Bible. And he said, I picked it up, and I held the Bible up. What is the Bible? It's the promises of God. And I said, boo. And he said, when I did, he got smaller, and I got bigger. He said, see, that's what you have to do. Take the word of God. He said, but you don't have to say boo. You say, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. When sickness comes your way, you say, thus saith the Lord. By his stripes I'm healed. Amen. When when the the sorrow and the depression comes your way, you say, thus saith the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Be perseverant. Stand on the word. We say we believe the word today. We believe it like the rest of them believe. No matter how many says it wrong, it's still true. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the first thing you have to do if you're going to find Christ, first you've got to know you need him. Then when you know you need him, amen, he said, if you don't know that, you won't seek diligently. He said, but if you know you need him, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. It's not just knock. It's knocking. It's knocking. It's a continuation. It's a continuation. Amen. He says, he knocks on the pulpit here as I'm knocking on the pulpit here. It's not just, Lord, I got something this service. Well, let me knock it. Well, it ain't my service. I went to the altar. Let me knock a little bit. Well, it wasn't my time. Maybe another time. And boo, you got smaller. The devil got bigger. Amen. It's time you take the promises of God and you bring them before the throne and say, hey, God, I'm here. I'm believing your promises. I'm believing your word, and I'm holding on to it, and I'm not letting go. He says, see, you've got to knock. It's a knocketh. It's a continuation. He said, that's the way you want to get to God. That's the way you'll have to be if you want to get to him. Be on his hands. Be on his hands every morning, every night, every day, all the time, constantly. That don't show much faith. It shows a lot of faith. Amen. People get in this mind, well, if I ask one time and it don't happen, that means if I ask again, I didn't have faith the first time. That's not what the Bible says. He says, knock and keep on knocking. It's a continuation. Amen. You pray for your son Sunday. Have you done it Monday? Have you done it Tuesday? Have you done it Wednesday? What have you done it ever? You pray for I pray for this, Brother Timothy, and it ain't happened. Have you brought it before God again? And reminded him, Lord, this is your promise. This is your word. It's a knock. He said, see, sometimes you just knock a little while and you get tired and go away. 
we got enough strength in us to knock for about 30 minutes and we got tired and we done tuned the preacher out. Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I got the, already we're knocking somewhere on a door for some more financial help or knocking on the door for some more, you know, more money here. What can I do to increase my funds here? We're knocking all kinds of doors down. But what about the door of God? And his promises and, and his answering line. When you got the problem in your body or your problem in your soul or problem in your family or whatever problem it is, how come we don't knock on that door? Amen. Knock on that door. Amen. If many people would have the same perseverance toward the things of God as they do towards the things of the world, they would be a whole lot further along in their journey. Amen. It takes someone with some perseverance to say, God, I'm not going nowhere. You say, I need a quote for that. All right, here it is. I'm on your hands. I'm going to stay right here. You getting tired of listening, God? <laughs> I'm having a great time knocking because I know you're coming. I know you're coming. Listen, you come knock on Brother Joe's door. He might be sound asleep. But if you knock long enough, you're going to get a response. May not be the response you want, but you're going to get one. Amen. But God is a God of virtue and help in the time of struggle. And you're going to get a response if you'll stay right there. I'm not moving. It's Sunday. It's three months. It's four weeks. It's another year. Whatever. I'm not moving. That's when something happens. He has to get you off his hands so he comes out to answer you. What would it what is it would it be if you've knocked service after service, day after day, and you got wore out and you walked away, and that's the day the day the door opens. He says you might have a lot of hindrances. Every person that starts out to meet Christ will find you got a lot of hindrances. But your faith don't have any. Faith has big, uh, big hairs on its chest, great big muscles. Reasons will raise up and say, well, you know it's reasonable to just quit and go home and not, get, not go any further, just stop. But faith rises up. He said he rolls his sleeves up and he pulls his muscles out and he sticks his chest out and he looks at reason and he says, shut up and sit down. It's time you told your reason to shut up. I've had enough listening to doubts and frustrations. All those say, I'm going to listen to God's word. I'm tired of listening to I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm listening to I have already overcome. Faith has muscles. He said, that's what the four square church needs. That's what we need. That's what the Pentecostals need. That's what the whole world needs. That's what I need. That's what you need. We ought to be ashamed to admit it, he said, but we need a faith that'll hold God's word and say it's true and meet the devil and say, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Turn to Acts 12 and verse 1. So now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. Uh-oh. To vex certain of the church. 
we can kind of put this in our own language. About the time the devil stretched forth his hand to vex certain in the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quartarians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter there to do what? To make a parade. To make a show. Look what I've done. And Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made, what? Without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So there was something else. Herod had done all he could do. He'd put all his quartarian, or however you say that word, of soldiers around him, many soldiers. I don't forgot the number, but it's a bunch of people for one man. He's going to make sure I'm going to hold him right here. Is that not what the devil tries to do? He tried to do it to our sister Atlanta. Put all kinds of things around her that brought his demon called cancer and said, she's going to stay right here. But the church began to pray. Families began to pray. Children began to pray. And was on God's hands day and night. A husband began to pray. Amen, Sister Mariah, what was it? The devil's tried to garrison around her and garrison her off from the healing of God, but people started praying. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angels of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. You know, I couldn't help but, but, uh, but think of our brother Justin Ware on this scripture. Amen, there he was bound in chains of darkness. But there was a little girl that was praying for him. Said, I want my brother. And that prayer left that uh, 546 White Oak Road. And it went all the way over into Homer, Louisiana. And it fell in a room. And here's Justin sitting chained between two devils. But there was an angel. Maybe Justin didn't see the angel. But there was an angel of God that was in that room. And then this chains fell off. You say, well, how do you know that? Because it came to church. Amen. He got up out of his prison, and he got up out of his past mistakes, and he got out of his past failures, and he got out of his past sins, and he walked to the house of God. Listen, parents, do not give up on your children. They might be tonight chained by a quartarian of demons and have all kinds of things. Might be like Legion, but there's a Jesus in the room. There's a God who can fall and chains will fall off in an instant. Hallelujah. And he fell off two chains and the keepers before the doors kept the prisons. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined into that darkness. Oh, glory. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said, Why did all this happen? Because of prayer. 
And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garments about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was a true what was done by an angel, but thought he saw a vision. But when they were past the first and the second ward, and they come to the iron gate that leadeth into the city, and it opened to them of his own accord, they went out and passed through one street, for with the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, that's what we're looking for is some prodigals to come to themselves. That's been bound by devils. Been told it ain't for them. And they've passed mercy and they've made too many mistakes. But prayer has been made. And there's an arresting angel to go to where they're at and smoke them in their side and say, Oh boy, you don't belong in this hog pile. You don't belong in these drugs. You don't belong. That's not who you are. Follow me. He'll lead them past lust, and he'll lead them past depression. He'll lead them past drugs, and they'll realize, I'm free. Why? Because prayer and perseverance of, pray, of, 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 of our parents and teachers and preachers and evangelists and people that has held on. Peter was come to himself. He's out now of a surety. That the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to the hearken named Rhoda. And when she heard Peter's voice, she opened the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. They said unto her, Thou art mad. Man, I don't know if they wouldn't believe it in their prayers, or they just wouldn't expect it to be answered that quick. <laughs> Thou art mad, but she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It's his angel. But Peter continued knocking. Let me in this house. And when they had opened the door, they saw them, and they were astonished. But he beckoned unto them to hold their peace and declare to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what had become of Peter. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. When you get somebody set free from a bunch of devils. And they realize they're gone, man. It causes a stir. I've seen it happen with our brother Jeremy Erskine. When he got delivered down there at camp, he came back. It caused a stir. It's all right. We like stirs. Hey, man, I like to go through the, through the uh, Laodicea upsetting the devil's apple cart. I don't want to get on the other side of Laodicea, and he never knew I existed. I want him to know Joe Adams had a sword. Yeah. Amen. And Aaron Oglesby had a shield and they was armed. Tim Pruitt, they was armed. But not just ministers, the children of God were armed. Armed and dangerous. Amen. Cutting devil's heads off left and right. Alopecia stand up, we'll cut it off. Cancer stand up, we'll cut it off. Hallelujah, it don't matter what it is. A drug addiction, stand up, we'll cut it off. 
Amen, Brother Ben Davis says, boy, I think I've told this, it's good to tell it again, had heard about uh, my wife's situation. And he says, he, he's a young man that's still trying to find his way, you know, in the Lord, and kind of straying a little bit, but he knows enough of, about it, what's true. And he was around the family, and Brother Ben was telling him about my wife and what she's going through, and, and Brother Christian just laughed, and he said, well, that devil showed up at the wrong church. He said, because things are happening there. We heard it Sunday from another brother who stood here and prayed, and he says, your testimonies are reaching people all over the world. He said, it's a light to show God still heals. God still delivers. God still sets. I like being that kind of light. Amen. We ain't no alcohol anonymous, and you live with your devil, and you just be okay, and it's going to be all. No, you come here, and we're cutting devil's heads off. Amen. We're slaying and we're, this is who we are. We are an invincible army. We are a mighty army. We're moving forward. My, did you even catch it Sunday about the dry bones? And there's a little boy who the doctor says his bones is a, like a year and a half old. And there's a message being preached. Bones come alive. Amen. What is it? It's the word of God being preached, and faith is rising to take it. And there's hand of faith to grab a hold of it and say, that's mine. Don't be surprised. Don't be, oh, it's just a spirit or that he's your man or whatever. When your son and your daughter starts walking in this place. When your family starts falling on their knees and calling out to God, amen, that ain't the time to get surprised. That's the time to have a party. That's the time to rejoice and say, the, the kill the fatty calf, sound the horn, play the music. Hallelujah. Oh, we have cried out to God, and here stands before us, not a vision, but the prayer itself has been answered. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty two says, Jesus answered them, saying unto him, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. That all things which he has said unto him shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's a wonderful, wonderful scripture. But who's going to say, that's, that's mine? That's me, O oh Lord. He says, shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. How much more should we in this church believe? Well, just a couple Sundays ago, it come through here like a roaring wind. God saying, you say it and it'll happen. And young man says, I want the Holy Ghost and the power of God hit him so hard, knocked him on the ground. God's changed his life. Mercy. Romans 12, verse 9 said, Love, let love be without dissimulation. 
Ahore that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Oh, that's perseverance again. Oh, yeah. Well, if I can be perseverant when it's good, brother, he said tribulation. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. God is good all the time. Whether it be the good times, the bad times, the hard times, the sick times, the well times, the troublesome times, whatever time it is, God's still good. Be perseverant. Serving the Lord. Perspiration and tribulation continually. Continuing instant in prayer. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8 says, For we would not, brother, have you ignorant of our trouble which has come to us in Asia. And we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead, who delivered us from this great, so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Yet ye also helping together by prayer for us. You want to know how you can help? Pray. That for the great for the gift bestowed on us by any means, by the means of many people, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Philippians 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Uh Uh-oh, there's some more perseverance in there. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. It's asking and treating. On his hand, supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Colossians 4, 2, continue in prayer, and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 12, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you, and the Lord, and admonish you, and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourself. Now we exhort you, brethren, and warn them that are in God unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourself and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. Perseverance. This is the will of God concerning you. James 5 and verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith. <coughs> excuse me, shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven of him. Why? Because of prayer. First Peter 3 and 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteousness, righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. That individual's prayer, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you only knew 
that in your hand, Christ gave us the authority with by using his name, being Christians, the most powerful weapon in the world has ever known. That's a powerful statement. The most powerful weapon the world has ever known, prayer. It even changes everything. It'll change the mind of God. It did it. After death was pronounced to a man, he prayed, and God told the prophet, go back and tell him I heard him, and he lived another 15 years. There's a prophet by the name of Isaiah went up and told Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, get your affairs in order. You're dying. You're not coming off the bed. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to cry out to God and said, Lord, I beseech thee to consider me. I've walked with you in a perfect heart. And he wanted 15 years extension. Could you imagine Isaiah having to come back through the crowd again and say, thus saith the Lord, he's not going to die. But it changed God's mind. Prayer did. Amen. Prayer did. Prayer changes things. Let me get down to another one here. I'm trying to find. He said, if you want to be a hindrance to a meeting, don't pray. Man, sometimes I think that might be the key to why we have some services that start out and go. And some services you get here and you sing and you sing and you try to go and you try to go. Preacher comes out and he tries to try to never get to it. Maybe it's because we hadn't prayed. Like we should be. If you want to be a hindrance to a meeting, just don't pray. He said, if you want to be the greatest help this meeting can have, it's not financially. It's the greatest help you can be in this meeting is set aside an hour or two every day to pray for this meeting. Oh, prayer changes things. Prayer changes death to life. Prayer changes sickness to health. Prayer changes sinners to saints. Prayer does that. You might laugh too much. You might shout too much. You may eat too much. But you'll never, never, never pray too much. The Bible said, I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. You'll never be able to pray too much. Brother Bradham said, I believe prayer changes things. I've seen death be drove back by prayer and life take its place. That's spiritually or physically. And if you're eyewitness of these things, you know what you're talking about. I tell you, I, it'll make you appreciate prayer when you see it do what it can do. What's the first thing a child has a refuge when a trial comes? What's the first thing a child of God has for refuge when a trial comes? He asked the question. Prayer. Not complaining. Hello, somebody. We want some perseverance here. Prayer. Not complaining. Prayer. The greatest weapon that was ever put in the hands of mankind. Prayer. It changes everything. See, then we notice, he said, when the Hebrew children came to their prayer meeting, they got in a situation. They got in some resistance. Some hindrances. And they... Things were floating along pretty good, and all of a sudden this decree came that they had to build this idol. We know the story, and they built this idol, and you had to bow down to it. What did they do? They went to prayer. Brother Randall said they called a prayer, prayer meeting together. 
A decision had to be made. No doubt, they prayed all night long. Decision was unanimously. They were decided, we're not going to bow. Do what you want to, king. We're not bowing. They made their decision regardless of what took place. It wasn't going to turn away from God. They was going to have some perseverance about them. Didn't matter what the king decreed. No matter what he said he was going to do to them. Didn't matter. They wouldn't bowing. Amen. As the king lived forever, our God is able to deliver us from that fiery furnace. Yes, he's able. But if he did, doesn't, we're not still going to bow to your image. We've made up our minds. We're standing here uh, with the Lord's despised few. We're going to stand true to God's word. And he says, that's what the church needs. Some people that will stand true no matter what the situation. They, their first result, their first reliance is not pulling out a doubt or pulling, you know, you're not pulling out a, a creed or pulling out a doubt or a frustration or, or a gossip or pull, you're pulling out prayer. Right. He says, see, when you make that same initiative as they did, stand there. He said, when it comes to divine healing, when it comes to anything God promised, Take the initiative and stand. That's what Paul was, or, yeah, was saying here in Ephesians, so that you'll be able to stand. You put this on so you'll be able to stand. Not withdraw. Not pull back. Not say, well, maybe another service. No, stand. Take the initiative and stand. God made the promise. He's obligated to it. As long as you're Abraham's seed, how I many? We got any? We got some Abraham's seed here. How I many? Okay, good. As long as you're Abraham's seed, he's got to answer. Boy, that ought to put some faith in prayer. As long as you're Abraham's seed, he's got to answer. Now, don't get no doubts in your mind. Keep them away. Keep them straight. Look straight to the cross. Look straight to the one who made the promise. I've never seen him fail yet. I've never read of him failing. I've never seen him failing because he never will. He can't fail. He made the promise, and he's going to back it up. And here these three Hebrew children were standing there. They made their decision. He said, I believe God hears. He said, but God don't always have to answer prayer right away. God answers in his own time. He said, if you ask him and believe him, he'll answer in his own time. But you got to stand there. And when they was praying, he said, I can see the angels standing around the throne where God was sitting. He says, they're in prayer, Father. They're under a great strain. Yeah. But I can see the Father answer, yeah, but they're holding true. And he said, I got confidence in them because they're my servant Abraham's seed. So they will hold true. Hallelujah. He's got the same confidence in his Abraham's seed today. Amen. I believe the same conference has happened. Amen. We talk about the three Hebrew children, Daniel and the lion's den. Brother Branham really brought it out with the three Hebrew children, but it happens day after day after day. These angels saying, Father, do you see what's going on there in that little home there in Minden? You're one of your little servants there. Satan has attacked her with lung cancer. Yeah, I see it. Lord, Lord, do you see the little problem going over here on Summit Road right there, on that dirt road right there at that little house with that little boy? Yeah, I see it. Yes. Come on. 
Yeah, I see it. Well, Father, they're under strain, but they're going to hold true. The same blood that ran through Abraham is running through his seed. And Abraham held, and Jesus held, and you will hold too. Hallelujah. Next morning, you going to bow down? No, we're not going to bow down. It raised, he raised in his, in his fervor and his, his hatred. Don't you know the devil's got 2,000 years of practicing hatred toward the bride of Jesus Christ? Seventh church age, seven times hotter. Worst age has ever been, also the greatest age it's ever been. But the worst age it's ever been, spiritually speaking, as far as the oppressions that's in this age and the demonic powers that's been released in this age. Father, do you see what's happening? Yeah, I see what's happening. Your bride's in a big turmoil down there. It's, it's gotten bad. Yeah, I know. I know exactly how bad it's got. The schools are terrible. They're, they're turning bathrooms into, into unisex. They're doing this. They're teaching this to kids. Do you see what? Yeah, I see what's happening. Or do you see what's going on in the streets and the murders and the killings and this and that? Do you see? Yeah, I see what's happening. That's my seed down there. And they're going to hold. <laughs> what are you going to do about it, Father? I'll go down there. I can destroy everything. One word, so looking down there, he said, look. He said, I can do exactly what I did. I can bring a deluge and just wipe that fire right out. No, you've been a good angel, but I don't need you for this. Gabriel said, I can go down there and I can just destroy them all. No, you know, yeah, I don't need you for this. Well, what, what are you going to do about it? I'm going down myself. What brought him down? The prayer of his children. What to bring him for your behalf? They're your prayers that leaves your lips and goes before the throne. Walk down. Walking down that fire. So sometimes God lets you get all the way down to the edge of it. Abraham would have never possessed the gates of the enemy until he was tried first. You'll never possess the gate of your enemies till you go through trials. Some through waters, some through floods, some through deep trials, but all through the blood. God leads his children. You first must be tri tr tried, but he knows where his possession lays. He know, Christian, the seed of Abraham knows where he's standing. He knows what's happening to him. He knows that he's passed from death into life. He knows that God answers prayer. And we can see them as they walked up there. He said, I've seen cancer cases come to almost their last breath. And God stepped in and make a way. Amen. So a brother laying with arthritis recently had his hands laying like this. The Holy Spirit told him, said, thus says the Lord you're healed. He went home and got worse. I said, he said, I can't help it. That man didn't know me. He'd never seen me in his life. He lived in Phoenix. He said, he'd never seen me in his life. How could he tell me who I was? I don't know him. But I know something happened supernatural to me. They couldn't even move the pillow. When they'd move the pillow for his hands, he said, oh, wife, wife, be careful, just screaming from pain. Hands all tore up with arthritis. He said, honey, aren't you afraid you're bringing reproach upon the very religion you believe? I cannot bring a reproach by believing the word. Woo! So <laughs> tell that devil to sit down and shut up. 
I can't, I can't bring a reproach upon the word by believing, believing the word. He said he laid back and his little girl was trying to put a red rag on his face. He felt faintly. He looked up there and he seen Christ come before him on the cross. And when he bowed his head to die, he thought his breath was going. He couldn't breathe no more. Arthritis was all through him. And when he bowed his head to die, he seen Christ bow his head there. And all of a sudden, he gave a big leap. And out of the chair and around and around and around the place he went. He possessed the gates of his enemy by believing the word of God. Hebrew children was at that place. Sometimes we think it's real dark. But it's in the darkest hours when Jesus comes by. It was for Mary and Martha. Dark. Her brother died. Jesus come by. Maybe dark for you today. But in just a moment, Jesus can come by. It was dark for Peter in that cell, but that was the moment the angels set him free. You might be so dark in yourself, sicknesses, depression, sins, whatever it is, is a perfect opportunity for Jesus. I see him watching. He's watching down there at those three Hebrew children walking through the fire. Gabriel comes up, brings his sword. He's got it drawn. He says, Father, let me go. I'll change the whole scene. He says, all right, you're a good angel. Just stand over there. Here comes Wormwood again walking up. He says, Father, have you really been watching? Yeah, I've watched them all night. I've been watching them for 2,000 years. Oh, his eyes on the sparrow. I know he's watching. I've watched them all night. They're fixing to burn those three men up down there. Go, please, Father. Just when they was ready to take their last step, so said, I can see him stand up. He stands up, his priestly robe drops around him where, he been, where he's sitting tonight. They're bloody, making intercession upon our confession. For he died to bring to pass anything that we ask. Where is our faith at in him? There he stands up, motions this way, and here comes a big white cloud by him. He jumps on and he calls the east wind, the north wind, the south and the west, and he drives them like horses. And he reaches up and gets a hold of a zigzag lightning bolt and cracks it across the sky. And before they could fall into there, there he was standing in the fiery furnace. And there they looked as they throwed him in there. And the king says, look, didn't we throw three in there? Bound in there, there are four now walking around in there, unharmed, unbound, loose, walking around. Hallelujah. Maybe the devil's like that tonight. Didn't I have him bound with this? Didn't I have him bound with that? Look what happened. God, something doesn't come along. He's free. I've tried everything I could do, Brother Joe, to hold him, but he's free. You don't know when the answer will come. But the key is to be there when it comes. We don't know how God will move. 
Sister Lana didn't know how God would move. Nobody knew. But she was there when God moved. Sister Mariah didn't know how God was going to move. Her parents, Matthew and Elizabeth, didn't know how God was going to move. But they were there. I can't. I will. I do believe. I can't. I will. I do. You know, some of you need to put that in your heart tonight. Change your I can't to I can't. I can't make it another day. You can make it another day. I can't go another step. You can go another step. I can't make it another moment. You can make it another moment. I can. I will. I do believe. I can. I will. I do believe. I can. I will. I do believe. Go back up and catch something for a moment as we bring this down. Brother Brown said, I've seen many times on the platform see it turn dark. Then I'll just say, go ahead, the Lord bless you. See, but when you hear it speak out, thus saith the Lord, mark it down in your book. He said that. I didn't have no way to say it. He said that. And when I'm speaking, it's not me under inspiration. It's not me. It's him. The pillar of fire that you've seen in the picture. He said it was two women, and I know we've heard the story, but I want to go through it again because it's very prevalent. Two women that was told, one had stomach trouble and had a gorder on her, a big old lump on her throat. The woman was told the stomach trouble, thus saith the Lord, you're healed, go home and be well, go eat. And the woman came behind her with a lump on her throat, and I told her just the same. She was going to be healed, and the woman, when they left the platform, she felt her lump, and it was still there, and she kept feeling it was still there. She went off the platform rejoicing and said, if God could inspire that person to tell me what was in my life, I'm not going to disbelieve what he said wouldn't come to pass. Perseverance. Faith to stand in the prayer. And, she said, and, the, and, and the Bible said, go ye and what? Go ye and sin no more. Or disbelieve no more. Or a worse thing will come upon you. So it's not disbelieving by knocking. That's still having faith in the promise. I'm still here, Lord. I'm still at the door. I'm waiting for your answer. I'm not going nowhere. Amen. It's not disbelieving, but when you begin to start expressing your doubts and your frustrations and why ain't it happened already? How come this wasn't yesterday already? How come I ain't out of this situation? You're going and sinning again. Or a worse thing will come upon you. She tried to eat, and every time she'd eat, just burn her up. She couldn't do it weeks past. Six weeks, she's still believing, holding on. I'm not letting go of this promise. Her husband would say something. I'm not letting go of this promise. That man didn't know me, and he told me exactly what was wrong with me. I'm holding on to it. And he told me to go home and be well and eat, and I'm holding on to it. One morning, her children went out to school, and she got so hungry, she picked up a little piece of toast to eat it. Didn't come back up. She thought, well, that's strange. Real funny feeling had come over her. She ate some oats. She drank some coffee. She ate some eggs. 
My, she felt so good. I believe I'll run down and tell my neighbor down the street. She went to that woman that had that gorder on her throat, little woman in her 30s. She, oh, sister, she started to tell her what happened. She knocked on the door. She heard somebody screaming. She opened the door and run in. And there was a woman standing before her screaming at the top of her voice. The lump had just fell off her throat. And they followed me over and meet in Chicago and stood and testified and said, what happened, Brother Branham? I said, why do you know that sometimes when you pray, the angels of God can't get to you right at that time? But he said, what happened was that morning, the healing angel went through the neighborhood. And what was it seeking? Those that were still believing. How many more was in that neighborhood that had done given up? Had done walked away and said, well, it ain't for me. It ain't for my child. It ain't for this. But here comes a healing angel. You don't know when it's going to come to your pew. You don't know when it's going to come to your house. You don't know when it's going to fall in your car. But you be believing when it comes. And you be holding the promises. What is it? It is a promise coming to a promise. And there's omnipotent meaning when two omnipotents meet. Something has to happen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We saw omnipotent meet omnipotent and cancer fail. Alopecia fail. Heart trouble fail. Amen. High blood pressure fail. All these things fail. Why? Because a promise made a promise. Don't let go of your promise because you've got to have something to match it to when it comes. Hallelujah. You don't know when he's going to come to a service. Brother David, I hope this is okay, but you told us the other day. He said, I'll never come to a service and take it for granted. I don't think any of us ought to come to the house of God and take it for granted. You might have walked in for 21 straight years holding a promise of a son or a daughter that's out there in the world, or however long, 10 years, 5 years. Maybe you've been walking in with a promise of healing. You don't know when it's going to come. You don't know when it's going to happen. I just want to be ready when it does. When that angel begins to come, what is it looking for? If you need healing, it's looking for the word. It's not looking for doubts and frustrations and all this other stuff. It's looking for the word. You better hold that word up. By his stripes I'm healed. And here it comes and it anoints that word. And it goes through the body. And it takes care of cancer. It takes care of alopecia. It takes care of whatever disease you want to name. You don't know when it'll come. But be ready when it does. Have some perseverance about you. Have some holding on, stay in power. Lord, I'm still here. It's been four days, Lord. It's been four weeks. It's been four months, but I'm still here. Your promise is right here, Lord. Lord, it's right there. See it? It's my promise. And I ain't letting go of it, God. I'm waiting for it to quicken into my heart. Whatever it is, I'm waiting on it. I'm not letting go. Lord, I'm still here. It's a Wednesday night. I'm here. See, right here is that promise. You see it right there? Lord, it's right there. 
<laughs> Walking Sunday is right there, Lord. Oh, Monday is right there, Lord. Tuesday, whatever day it is, it's right there, Lord. See it? Then all of a sudden, the power of God to come go through the room where you had it, begin to pour upon you and anoint that power to you, and it begin to flow through those bodies. Amen. What was it? A little boy laying in a bed, but there was a little girl at the altar. Lord, this is your promise. I'm holding it up here. I want my brother. How many else has children out there in the world? I want my children. Will you hold your promise up tonight? How many need healing? I want my healing, Lord. Here's your promise. I need deliverance right here. You said you would deliver them out of all. They're just every one of them, God. Many of the afflictions, but you deliver them out of them. Right there it is, God. All. I'm holding it up. I'm holding on to the promises of God. I'm not letting go. His power is. In the morning, Lord, I mean, it was saved. I'm going to be holding that promise up. I'm not letting go. Well, I tell you what, Brother Timothy, if I was at a different church, this, that, no. You don't know where that healing angel may come by. I wonder how many of you today, Lord, said, Father, help me to believe. And forgive thou my unbelief. Let me hold the promises of God up. Keep holding them up. Keep waving, waving that flag. I'm not letting it down. I'm holding it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me. You're my comfort. You're my holding power. You're everything that I have need of. Just read this right now. Just as I feel the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me, Lord. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. goodness and mercy is after you. It's on your trail. 
healing is on the way. Just be there when it comes. Be holding on to the faith. How many would have a need tonight? You want to just make it known before God and say, Lord, I'm here to knock and keep on knocking. I'm holding my hand up to you, Lord. Forgive my unbelief. Forgive me, Lord. Hey, if you're a sinner here tonight and you want to make things right with this, a good night for it. You may not have tomorrow. There's not a better time as now. Just in his presence, I just feel like he's dealing with hearts. Father God, Lord, we bring these hands to you today. Lord, in these hands, I see not doubts. I see not fears and failures and past mistakes. I see promises. No doubt you see them too, Lord. Father, we want to be there when you come by, waiting and in anticipation for you, your healing angel, to come through and move in every heart and every life. And answer the needs behind these hands. Lord, I as a man can't do it, but you as God are, are more than able. We ask, Father, that you just move right now in a special way. Lord, I know there's hearts here that need to get right with you. I know there's sick among us. I know there's needs, Lord, among your people. But you're an on-time prayer answering God. And we're depending on you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just worship him. Ready? 
Ah. Uh-huh. 